number one. The book of Joshua, chapter number one. If you would find your place and please stand in reverence to the reading of God's word. I love the book of Joshua. It seems like any time I go to study, I end up finding my way back to the book of Joshua. The Bible says that he was a servant's servant. And I like that about Joshua, servant's servant. Verse number one of chapter number one. The Bible says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that I, that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have give unto you, and I said unto Mo, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. I want to look at verse number five. It seems as I was reading that just seemed to leap right off the page at me where God is talking to Joshua and he said, I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I consider that to be a promise that God is going to be with Joshua. And I believe that Joshua is going to be able to look back at the past and see that God's promise in the past is still going to be good. So I want to preach on this thought, God being our helper, the past is a promise. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I thank you, Father, for this day. And God, I thank you for all your blessings, God, that you've gave to us. Father, I pray that you'd help us now as we preach your word. God, would you speak to us? God, would you speak through us? God, would you give somebody tonight, God, that help, Father, that they came here looking for? Oh, God, I pray tonight that it wouldn't be man's words to be said, but God, it'd be your words. God, would you let it flow out of our mouths tonight, God, as you would have us to say. And God, we give you praise and glory for all you do. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. You may be seated. If we uh, look back here, Joshua, uh, God's talking to him. He says, I was with Moses, and so I will be with you. And if you look back in your past tonight, I believe that in your past you could probably point out where the hand of God was there in your life. I believe that you can look back throughout your past and see how God has moved and God has worked for your good. I believe that you can hold on to the promise that God is going to be there for you. He said, I was. That is the past with Moses. He said, so I will. That is the promise that he is making. God said, I will. Uh, the Bible says that the Lord is able to perform that which he hath 
promised. Every time that God said, I will, God is sovereign enough, God is big enough, God is great enough, God is good enough to follow out and keep His promise that He has made. He's never went back on one single promise He's ever made. And honey, tonight He is not going to start on going back on His promise that He has made to you. He said, I was in the past with Moses, so I will be with you Joshua, he said, that is my promise. I will be with thee and I will not forsake thee. I haven't forsaken Moses. I haven't forgotten Moses. I haven't left Moses. And because I've not done that to Moses, I'm telling you, I'm not going to do that to you. You could put yourself right here in this verse. Yes, he's been there for Moses. He's never forsaken Moses. But for you tonight, child of God, he will be there for you and he will not forsake you. God is not going to leave you high and dry. God is not going to leave you out on the dirt. God cares for you and God will be there for you because He said, I was with Moses, and so will I be with you. And we can take tonight, we can base this promise on the past performance that God has done, the past performance that God has shown. I think about my ball teams. We can go out and we can play ball, and we can look at our past performance, and we can turn back around, and we'll go lose the next game. Because our past performance doesn't mean that our future performance is going to be very well in the next time around. But with God, He's not my ball team. God said, my past performance is good, so my future performance and my present performance will also be good. I believe that Joshua here standing in a new day at a new time. Moses God's servant has passed on. And the, the Joshua has to fill some big shoes. Joshua is going to have to fill shoes that he's never had to fill before. Joshua is going to step into something that he's never had to face before. There is something unknown about where he's going to go. There's something uncertain about where Joshua is about to go. He's facing a new day and a new challenge. He's walking where he's never walked. He's going where he's never went. But he is going to have to trust in God and God's reminding him I was with Moses. I'll be with you. You've never been there but I have and I will and I'm going to be right there with you wherever you go. And I believe that Joshua here finds out that you can't go anywhere in life that God himself hasn't already been. And so Joshua, I believe, uh, maybe he's looking back at the life of Moses as he hears this promise. And he starts to proclaim what Moses lived through as a promise for his own self and his own future. Uh, he could say that God was great to Moses, so he's going to still be great to me. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Honey, if you are saved tonight, Jesus was the same back then. He's the same now, and He's going to be the same in the future. As far back as you can go, Jesus is the same. And as far in the future as you want to go, Jesus will be the same. He is the great I am. He is the faithful friend. And we can look back tonight at the life of Moses just for a little bit and see about how God did not fail Moses and God's not going to fail Joshua. And because of that, God is not going to fail us tonight. We can be reminded of the life of Moses. And I believe first tonight that probably as 
Uh, Joshua was standing there thinking about the promises of God and how God was with Moses. Maybe first he thinks about the protection of God. And he begins to think back to the life of Moses as maybe Moses sat down and ministered to Joshua and told him about his life story back before Joshua was ever even around. And maybe he sat down and told him and said, Joshua, there was a time when there was an edict in the land and they were killing all the babies. And my mama put me in a basket and sailed me down the river. She put me in a basket and sat me at the bank of the river and pushed me right off. What faith that mom must have had to send her baby boy off down the river in the hands of an almighty God. You might say, well, why didn't a crocodile come and eat that baby in that basket? Why didn't a snake come and bite him while he was in that basket? Why didn't one of Pharaoh's guards find him and kill that baby in that basket? I'll tell you why. Because going down the banks of that river wasn't all mighty and an omniscient God that's faithful and is true and was watching Moses as a baby going up and down that river floating along life's way and he was protecting that baby because he said Moses I've got a job for you. Moses I've got something for you to do. Moses there's something big in this life for you and I'm going to protect you from everything in this world and the protection of God was on Moses' life even as a baby, there's not anything in this world more, more helpless than a little baby. If we took a baby tonight and we left it here on the altar and we all left out of here and went to go get supper and forgot about this baby laying here on the altar, that baby can't feed itself. That baby can't change itself. That baby can't put new clothes on itself. What it'll do is it'll sit there and it'll die all by its lonesome. But the hand of God will take us as children of God, as little babies of God, and will guide us and protect us. He'll feed us and He'll clothe us. He'll give us the protection that we need. He was with Moses as Moses went down the river. He was protecting Moses all the way down through there. And because He said, as I was with Moses... So will I be with you. You can count on that God is going to be with you. When you feel overwhelmed, when you feel down and out, there's God there in the midst, somewhere in the shadows, somewhere on the bank. There's God looking out over you to make sure that everything is going to be all right. He says, I know that you can't help yourself, but I'm going to protect you with the protection the mighty hand of God. I've heard people say before uh, that uh, God will only help those who can help themselves. I don't believe that's fully true. I'm telling you what, I'm as helpless as they come. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. I'm telling you, if God only helps those that can help themselves, there ain't nobody tonight getting any help. But because God will help those who are helpless, such as a little baby, He's going to help us along life's way. He's going to continue to be with us every single time where we go. I'm telling you what, I couldn't save myself. I couldn't do life myself but God said I can God sent 
sent his son to bleed and die for you and for me. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Though we are helpless, though the wages of sin is death, there is Jesus there in the midst, looking over, protecting us by the hand of Almighty God. Oh, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. You can throw up your hands and you can say, God, I can't. And that's when he's going to step in and say, I, I can. Because I was with Moses and I will be with you. I think secondly tonight as he's thinking about Moses' life, he says, man, not only was the protection of God on Moses' life, but the provisions of God was on Moses' life. Oh, there was a time uh, when they were journeying in the wilderness for 40 years and God clothed them and God put shoes on their feet and God fed them and God guided them and he met their every single need. For 40 years, God gave them a furnished table in the wilderness. The psalmist said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? The answer in Moses' life is he already has. And so he will again and again. What a great table that God had prepared for them. What a great spread that God prepared for them. He gave them meat. He gave them quail to eat. He gave them water out of a rock. And then he also gave them dessert. He gave them manna. Bible scholars, they're still trying to figure out what manna exactly is. The Hebrew word for manna, it literally means what is it? They didn't know when they saw the manna. All the, all the children of Israel said, what is it? What is it? So they called it manna. What is it? Well, I think I could have those Bible scholars pretty beat by saying, what is it? I think I might have a slight answer to what it is. I believe that number one, this thing, this manna, it was probably round. Number two, it was a bread type substance. Number three, it probably had a shiny coating on top of it. And number four, it was sweet to taste. And number five, it was addictive. I'm telling you exactly what this was. It was freshly buttered Texas Roadhouse rolls back prehistorically before Texas Roadhouse ever come around. I'm telling you, God gave Texas Roadhouse the ingredients to these rolls. And God gave them manna to eat. And God gave them everything that they needed. The God that we serve is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or that we could think. He can buy the groceries. He can pay the bills. And He can furnish a table in the wilderness. Paul said to the Philippian church, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, he gave them the manna, he gave them the quail, he gave them the water from the rock, and he supplied their every need, putting shoes on them, putting clothes on them, and taking care of them. The same God that's with Moses here is the same God that's with us now. And he'll supply your need, and he'll give you everything that you need. Now I may just be 25 years old, but there's not been one time in my life that I've seen the 
righteous forsaken or begging for bread. I'm telling you what, there's not been one time I've looked around and seen a bird with a sign saying, I will chirp for food. God is taking care of His animals. God's taking care of His people. His eye is on the sparrow and His eye is on you and me. He will feed us and give us our physical needs. But on top of that, He'll give us our spiritual needs as well. Not only did He meet their uh, physical needs in the wilderness with food and all this and that, but He went with their spiritual needs as well. He, he, uh, the, you may ask, how did they make it through a wilderness for 40 years that they never been into before? It's because God gave them a twofold witness to go by. He gave them a pillar of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. When they didn't know where to start, there was a pillar of a cloud. When they didn't know where to stop, there was the pillar of fire. When they didn't know which way to turn, they could follow that witness to go and to go where they needed to get to. They would count on God to guide them through the wilderness. Tonight we may find ourselves in the wilderness of this world and things may look bleak and we don't really know where to turn but God has gave us a twofold witness tonight as a guidance for our lives. Number one, He's gave us the Holy Word of God an inspiration from God Almighty to talk to us and to speak to us and to guide us wherever we need to go and then secondly he gave us the Holy Ghost to be inside of our soul and to guide us spiritually where we need to go he's gave us a twofold witness to go wherever we need to go and even though uh, that, that the Lord he knows the way through the wilderness and he supplies all their needs even when they sinned, God supplied. Preacher, even when they sinned, God supplied. There was a time the people sinned against God. And the fiery serpents came in to the camp. And they started biting the people. And the people, they started to die. And Moses said, God, what are we going to do? And God said, Moses, I have a solution. Take a serpent of brass and put it on a pole and put it in the midst of the camp and go around and tell everybody that if they will look, they will live. And a short moral story is the ones that looked, they lived, and the ones that didn't look, they died. And God, He prepared a way for them even when there was sin amongst them. I'm telling you tonight uh, that, that God said if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm glad that the God I serve tonight, the God that's with me tonight, He supplies my physical needs and He supplies my spiritual needs. Uh, and He feeds me, He clothes me, and better than that, He forgives me and I'm telling you I have the protection of God and I have the provisions of God upon my life and if you're saved you do too well Joshua what's better than those two things oh I tell you what's better than those two things thirdly there is the power of God oh Joshua what are you talking about in the life of Moses God was powerful oh Joshua Oh, we might see about the might, the hand of God, the mighty miracles that God worked through the life of Moses. 
Moses, God was with him when Moses needed a miracle. And when he needed a miracle, really bad. I mean, in really bad situations. When things didn't look good, God was there to perform a miracle. You remember that night when they were there and Moses told the people, put the blood on the tops and the sides of the door. And then the Passover lamb came, the Passover happened. The death angel came and was looking for the blood. Those that had the blood applied lived and those that didn't, they died. And word got back to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's son died. And Pharaoh, he said, y'all get out of here. And he kicked them out. And the mass exodus from Egypt happened. And here goes two point something million Jews leaving from Egypt. And they're going through a little bit of the wilderness for two days. And they get to a spot where they can't go anymore. They are completely landlocked, stuck where they're at. There's a Red Sea in front of them. There's a mountain beside of them. There's a wilderness to the left of them. And behind them is an army pursuing them, coming fast, trying to take them back to where they came from. Moses said, God, what on earth do you want me to do now? God, what would you have me to do? And God said, just stand still. The salvation of the Lord is at hand. See what I'm about to do. Uh, when he can't go this way, he can't go that way, he can't go this way, and he definitely is not going back that way. It's going to take a God coming from that way to deliver the people, to get them where they need to go. And I'm telling you something about what was back that way. They definitely don't want to go back there. That's where disappointment happened. That's where heartbreak happened. That's where persecution was. We ain't going back there for nothing. We're going to have to have God to take us to where a way that there just does not seem to be. And God said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And because he said, I and the Father are one, that means God's also the way. And here when there's no way, God makes a way for them to go. They said, I can't go that way. Well, preacher, what does he do? He's counting on God. God says, stand still. What else does he do? God said, raise up your staff. Raise up your staff. Now, can't you see to the world how this looks dumb? Can't you see to the world how this looks foolish? They are standing at the Red Sea. Nowhere to go and an army coming to take you back to persecution or an army coming to kill you for all the plagues that's happened. They blame you for all the problems they got. What are they going to do? And you've got your leader standing there with a stick held in the air, standing still doing nothing. Moses, what on earth are you thinking? I'm just trusting what God said to do. God does every miracle every time His way and we're just going to keep on trusting what God says to do. Oh, you may say, Moses, you're running out of time. I believe we might could ask old Lazarus what happens when you run out of time and death comes a knocking and death comes a creeping. What's going to happen when he's four days late? He is still on time. And so, though it seems bleak, though it seems hopeless, God is coming right on time. Oh, somebody said one time, what is a miracle? A miracle is something that you can't explain. 
The only way to explain it is that God did it. If you can explain it, then it is not a miracle. If you can explain how it happened, it's not a miracle. The only way to explain it is to say that God did it. Creation, miracle. God did it. I'm telling you this Bible, miracle. God inspired it. God did it. Salvation is a miracle. God did it. Jesus made it possible. You may say, how many miracles throughout this Bible do you possibly believe? I believe every single last one of them because it's inspired by the Word of God, by God Himself who made these miracles happen. And here He is in this miracle. You may say, well, that's pretty good. But what about today? What about modern miracles? Uh, the God in the Bible is a different God than the God we serve today. We don't see the miracles like people being healed like they were of leprosy back in the day. We don't see God parting the waters. Honey, if you are saved tonight, raise your hand. Look to your neighbor and say, Hello, miracle. Because that's exactly what you are. You are a modern day miracle. And God has made you a miracle. I'm telling you the greatest miracle of all is when God came down to the Lackey Town Baptist Church in 2010 August the 3rd and came to me and said you are a sinner and you need to be saved and I went by faith and I said Lord would you save me? And the miracle is that God reached further down than man could reach up and there salvation was accomplished I'm telling you that is a miracle. And so we see this mess that Moses is standing in, needing a miracle to happen. And he stands there with his staff in the air, and he's, God says to stand still. And about the time, I believe, I mean, you got to think about it, there are two million Jews here, these Israelites, gathered together. There's a, an Egyptian army coming right on their tails. Now, I do not know how, when God parts these waters, God's breath comes down, and He parts the waters. He congealed the waters so that they could walk over on dry ground. There's two million of these people. You know how slow that had to be for all these people to get across and for Pharaoh's army to probably be pretty fast. I mean, if you look through world history, they are one of the best armies ever in all of history besides the Roman armies. I'm telling you, they had to be pretty fast with their chariots and their horses coming after these Israelites. What had to happen for all these two million Israelites to make it across? I mean, we got the old, we've got the sick, we've got the little babies, we've got the toddlers. They are barely just walking through there. There's probably people on, on wheelbarrows being shoved through there. There's, I mean, we got to think. They come and they got the bones of Joseph and they were carrying them through that dry ground. They had to be pretty slow to go through there. So what kept Pharaoh's army at bay. I believe that when God told Moses to raise up your staff and the waters parted that maybe just maybe God sent down an angel to redirect traffic and to hold up Pharaoh's army just a little bit to give enough room for the, for the Israelites to make it across on dry ground. And as soon as everybody made it across as soon as everybody made it 
a cross. I'm telling you, there's something right here that is also very uh, modern to us today as Christians. When the last person makes it across into salvation, then the waters are going to fall down. I'm telling you, in the last person, it's for everybody and all two million of these Israelites, all of them are going to make it across. All who chose to follow Moses, all who chose to follow God, make it across. And when the last one steps over, Pharaoh, uh, the angel says, all right, Pharaoh, you can go. And Pharaoh begins to go. And as he goes, God collapses and pulls the plug and the water comes crashing down on top of Pharaoh and his army. And they all went down sinking and, 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 and suffering and they got to watch their past drowned. They watched their past drown behind them while they were standing on the banks of deliverance. Now I think that we might compare old Pharaoh up with the old devil that we know today. Oh, that old stinking devil who brings up the past and wants to remind us of the past. Well, when the last Christian makes it on shore into heaven, then the, then the world's going to close down. And then the great white throne of judgment's going to happen. And they're going to bring in old Satan. And he's going to have to bow and say that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then Jesus is going to take him. And he's going to cast him into the lake of fire. I believe the Red Sea, red. Lake of fire, red. Pharaoh, the devil. Can you see the connection that we're making? The Pharaoh went down, sinking in the water. He drowned. That old devil's going to sink in the flames of the lake of fire. And he's going to drown forever and forever. And we're going to get to stand on the banks of deliverance in heaven and get to wave bye to that old devil and say, See you later. It's been fun. But I'm with Jesus, God's only son. And we're going to get to live there eternally. Oh, we see a miracle that, that God performed for Moses as they went through the Red Sea. Joshua, when the burdens are too heavy, when the way gets too rough, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Lastly tonight, I want to look. We've seen uh, the provision of God. We've seen the protection of God. We've seen the power of God. I want to see, fourthly, the presence of God. The Bible says, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. The Hebrew word, the expression with that's used here in your text is literally means... Face to face. That is what with means. As I was with Moses, I was face to face. So will I be with you, Joshua, face to face. So will I be with you, Christian, face to face. The presence of Almighty God. He said that Moses was never out of my sight. He said that there was nowhere that Moses was that I couldn't hear him. There was nowhere that Moses went that I couldn't see him. Joshua, there's nowhere you'll go that I won't see you. Joshua, there's nowhere you'll go that I won't hear you. Christian, there's nowhere you'll go that I won't see you. Christian, there's nowhere you'll go that I will not be able to hear you. I'm telling you that God had him covered 
on all sides of the territory. You can let that definition face to face with really just sink in. Jesus said, when you pass through the fire, I will be with you. Never out of sight. You can ask the three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the fire. And the fourth man appeared there in the midst of that fire. He was with them in the fire. So he will be with you in the fire. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's never out of sight. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. Never out of sight. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm glad tonight that I serve a God that is with us tonight. He is face to face with us. Though we may not physically get to see His face on this side of eternity, there's coming a day when we will. But right now, spiritually, He's face to face with us. Oh, spiritually, He can hear us tonight. He is there with us. He said, Moses never went anywhere that I wasn't with him. I remember a time that Moses was disappointed. I'm trying to hurry, I'll be done. Uh, There was a time that Moses was disappointed. He was walking with God for 40 days and for 40 nights. He was up on top of the mountain and God gave him a sermon outline. He wrote it with a fiery finger. And he come down off that mountain with this outline from Almighty God. And he saw the people naked and dancing and worshiping false idols. And Moses got raged in his temper. And he threw those tablets down and he broke them. Preacher, I don't think that you ought to lose your temper. I'm telling you what, every last one of us in here has lost our temper at some time. And if you can still say that you don't lose your temper, you've lost it so much that you don't have one no more. That's how many times you've lost your temper. Just the other night at a basketball game, I lost my temper. Preacher, you ought not lose your temper. You ought to watch my boys play basketball. I'm telling you what. But anyways, he lost his temper. I'm glad that when we lose our temper, that God does not give up on us. He's never going to disappoint me. I'm telling you what, God, he may, Moses may be here. He may be disgusted by what's going on around. Then God looks at him and says, Moses, what can I do for you? And he said, God, I'm disgusted with the people. But God, would you show me your glory? And God said, no man can see my glory and live. But there's a place by me, and I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'll hide you by my hand, and there you can see just a glimpse of my glory. You can see my hinder parts as I pass by. And there's Moses as God puts him in the cleft of that rock. And I believe that if Moses would have jumped, he'd have hit his head on a rock. If he'd have fell backwards, he'd have hit his back on a rock. If he'd have fell down on the ground, he would have hit a rock. If he'd have run to the side, he'd have hit a rock. But if he'd have run face forward, he'd have ran into the hand of Almighty God. And here's Moses. as he gets to look, and he gets to see a glimpse of God's glory. You say, well, that ain't much. It lit up Moses' world. And it would light up your world too. Moses got to see the glory of God. He didn't get to see his face, but he got to see his hinder parts. He said, 
I promise you that I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be in your presence. I'm basing it on the past performance. And you say, well, preacher, what about in Moses' darkest hour? You may say his disappointment's not his darkest hour. What about his darkest hour? His darkest hour was probably when he had to die. And he went up on top of Mount Nebo. And I wonder, the Bible says that only God knows how he died. The Bible says that he was in perfect health. I've heard preachers say that he was smothered in Holy Ghost kisses. I've heard preachers say that God showed his face to Moses. And I kind of like that as well. So I'm going to go with that. Moses gets up there on top of that mountain. And God probably looks at him and says, Moses, remember how I told you that no man can see my face and live. Moses, you wanted to see my glory. Your time is up. And God lowered the veil. And he said, here I am, Moses. Behold my face. And Moses got to behold the face of God. And it was so breathtaking that Moses left this earth. I'm telling you what, throughout my life, I've got to go to some wonderful beaches. I have seen some wonderful and amazing sights that people would probably look at and say, man, that is a breathtaking view. Man, that is a breathtaking scene. But there is coming a day when I'm going to get to go to a place that's going to be the most breathtaking place that anybody has ever seen. The eye cannot even imagine it. The mind cannot imagine the glory that is there in His presence. And one day, the face that Moses got to see that was so breathtaking is the same face that I'm going to get to see in glory. And I'm going to get to be there with Jesus for all eternity in the presence of God. The presence of God. He said, I will be with you just like I was with Him. I'm glad that we are face to face with Him. And His face is set upon us. You may say, "Uh, I don't know preacher all about this. I'm telling you what. God made a promise. He said, and I'm going to base this promise upon my past performance that I've done. A politician tonight may make you a promise. You ain't going to be able to cash that check. I've been waiting on a promise about uh, my college debt for a long while. It ain't happened. He said it on the TV. I thought for sure. Come on, man. College debt. Nope. You can't count on a politician. Don't take their promises to the bank. Any politician. Their promise is worthless. But I'm telling you what. I can make you a promise and I'm probably not going to be able to hold up my end of it. But God makes a promise. You can take it to the bank. You can cash it. Because God said, as I was, so will I be. The past is a promise. And I'm going to hold on to the almighty promise of God. If you would please stand, Pastor. You come. Very encouraging. You sit there and think about has God been good to you in the past? Right now, some of you, you look at the future and you question, what are we going to do? It's election year. What are we going to do? Interest rates, gas prices. I'm just telling you, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to trust God. Just as God's been with you in the past, he's going to be with you in the future.
and probably even in a greater capacity if you'll let him, amen. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Nobody's looking. Does anybody here say, Preacher Darren, tonight I needed to hear that God has taken care of me so far and I can trust him the rest of the way home. Say, somebody raise it. Thank you. God, all over the house, hands are going up. Lord, that's helped me tonight, amen. Father, thank you for the word of God that's been preached in this place. Lord, I go back to the song that I heard earlier tonight. God, about how he's carried us. And Lord, you're, you're doing it even in this message, God. There he was, carrying them, carrying them, carrying them. 40 years through the wilderness. Father, thank you tonight for the word of God, for the message, for the promise that you gave Joshua, God. And certainly, he magnified Joshua in the sight of the people. And certainly, God showed himself mighty and marvelous in the life of Joshua. And all the people saw it. Surely he was with Joshua just as he was with Moses. God, how we should take comfort then, how we should have hope. Lord, help us, God, I pray, as we face whatever problems are coming up this week to know, Lord, I'm just going to trust you to get me through this. And Lord, I know you will. Thank you, God, for the word of God and for your messenger tonight, Father. We pray and ask these favors in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. Thank you for being in.